You're listening to Diary of a Congresswoman, a series of conversations with Teresa Ledger-Fernandez. I'm Mary Charlotte Domandi. If you haven't heard of H.R. 1, it's a bill in Congress, you would very likely will. It's called the For the People Act, and it passed the House of Representatives in 2019, but Senator Mitch McConnell refused to put it up for a vote in the Senate. It's an incredibly important bill that addresses voting, campaign finance, and ethics. It would make it easier for a lot more citizens to register and vote and would address gerrymandering by requiring independent redistricting commissions. It would require transparency for campaign spending and a whole lot more. I asked Teresa about H.R. 1, which she already helped to amend even before she was in office. Yeah, H.R. 1. And that what was so neat about that is there was this neat moment where, and they said, I guess that this isn't common, but, you know, it was just what, what you do when you've been working on these issues, right? Is we looked at HR1, which is, they call it the For the People Act. I call it the Protect Our Democracy and Protect Our Elections. And we read it. I read it on the plane because they were going to be reintroducing it. And I, I asked them, I said, well, it's the 117th Congress. Are we going to make changes in our, our freshmen, incoming people are going to be able to have input? They said, yeah, here's the bill. And it was great because I read it on the plane and, you know, I listed about seven or eight things. And at this time, the only person I had on staff was my chief of staff. And he like reached out to them and they said, well, you know, this and that and some of them. But there were three major pieces that they said, yeah, we'll consider that. You know, I called up the sponsors, you know, the people really working on the bill and they were receptive. And, you know, from a few conversations from a reading of the bill and then from a lot of work that my staff did that I never got to see, right? But we got these three, I think, really important pieces into the legislation. And this is the hallmark piece of legislation. It's HR1 because it's the first bill. The Democrats are saying this is our priority to get this passed. And things that come out of New Mexico's experience, the bill is marvelous on so many levels. But there was these little improvements that we were able to make based on New Mexico experience. And that was so neat when I was like, did we get it in? Did we get it in? And then my legislative director sent me an email saying, yes. And each of the three pieces to read it was, it was pretty neat. It was like, wow, <laughs> you know, it works, right? You come to Congress and you make a suggestion and, you know, you bring experience and you talk to, you know, the key people. And then you have all these amazing staff people work with each other. And there it is. And if we win in Georgia tonight, it could become law. If we don't, we'll reintroduce it again two years from now. I mean, it's one of those things we don't give up on. So that was pretty neat. And the three pieces are really neat because one piece, I love the way it came out. You know, we've seen all those people who wait 10 hours in line to vote. Nobody should have to wait 10 hours in line to vote, especially not when in their same city, somebody is waiting 20 minutes, right? So the neat thing about that one is, in New Mexico, they were not, we experienced something like that where they were not putting early voting sites in rural Native American areas, and which I saw as would be a violation of the Voting Rights Act. So I went to Speaker Ben Lujan at the time. And, you know, by then I had already won a couple of Voting Rights Act cases. And I said, you know, Speaker, this is a violation of Voting Rights Act. And, you know, I could list, we, we, I'd win it if we sued, but we're not, that's not how we do it in New Mexico, right? And so he carried the bill to require 
early voting sites in rural areas and Native American areas so that people would have the same access to the ballot, right? And they put that in there. They, for Native Americans, basically that nobody should have to wait for more than 30 minutes to be able to vote across the country. Like, isn't that like the way it should be? It should take us more than 30 minutes to be able to go vote. And there's so many other pieces of this bill that address a lot of the problems that have to do with voter disenfranchisement. For example, one of the things that we already have in New Mexico, we have paper ballots read by optical scan machines, and those exactly. ballots have to be retained in, uh-huh. the, in the long run. What are some of the other provisions that you're excited about in this bill? I'm excited about every single. There is not a provision in the bill that I don't like. And what we're going to do is there is so much in that bill that we are going to start talking about it, but in multiple efforts to talk about it because there's so much in there. Allowing for small money donations, requiring complete disclosure with regards to financing, having independent redistricting commissions, requiring tax disclosures. Like like read that bill. It is a very long bill and every section is important to our democracy because it does three things. It improves access, like automatic registration. It improves accountability and transparency, like the paper ballots. It addresses within the constraints that we face with Citizens United, but it addresses campaign finance in multiple ways, including the small donation matching and the full disclosure. It addresses ethics. It's just like the bill is marvelous. And now it has other provisions that are specific to New Mexico that come out of New Mexico's experience, like the tribal jurisdiction. When you're doing your redistricting, you cannot just break up tribal jurisdictions, which is something that I had to fight against in New Mexico in our redistricting cases. So we put that in there. They were disenfranchising Native Americans across the United States and including in New Mexico because they don't have addresses. Like if you're in Taos Pueblo, you addresses Taos Pueblo. <laughs> like when I was getting signatures, I said, oh, what's your address? It's Taos Pueblo. <laughs> and so in New Mexico, that works. But like in North Dakota, that's how they were saying, well, we're not letting you vote because you don't have a, you know, a physical address. So it's this, like there's so much in that bill that we were going to have a whole session to talk about the different things in the bill because it is so exciting. Now, the reality is we need a win in Georgia to give it a chance for that bill to become law. Some sections of the 1965 Voting Rights Act were gutted about seven years ago by the Supreme Court. Does this bill address that? No, there's a different bill, H.R. Uh, 4, last, that was last year. That's now the John Lewis Voting Rights Act bill. It will address that. Uh, but yes, they, they intend to address that. So, uh, But to go into detail on that, you wanted to have a very specific bill on the Voting Rights Act. Thanks for talking to us. Okay, great. Thanks for listening today. Please go to congressdiary.com for more info and other podcasts and to connect with us on social media. And if you have any questions or comments, including questions for the Congresswoman, please email me at diary at radiocafe.org.